Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Time. This is Maritime Radio Greenwich. <laughs> Uh, I'm very pleased to introduce you Russell Slade, uh, the new Charlton Athletic manager. Listen, I'm delighted to be here. It's a fantastic football club with a, a great tradition. The depth of the squad, is that something you're, you're happy with or you think you're getting? Oh, no, 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 we're absolutely, we're, we're miles away. I, I'd like to think be, between now and the start of the season, um, we, we can get another five or six additions. Hey, are you ready for this? Postman Pope gets ahead of it, and it's cleared up the line, I think. That is the goal, 2-0 We have to change and wait and be patient, like we waited and we were patient for... The rudd like we waited and we were patient for Jason Pierce. Did you see that? Yeah. You see how patient we were? Yeah. And you, and you still feel confident you'll get you'll get the squad there. Yeah, I feel very confident, yeah. And finally despite your pessimism. They got that deep, they all need a snorkels. Jose's across, gets the ball in there and a Jose scores! Deflector! Yeah! And there's the equalizer! And a Lupin! He's capable of doing that. There's, 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 no, there's no doubt about that. Um, I'll, be, I'll be happy, I think, when the window shuts. <laughs> and maybe he'll settle down a little bit for us. Towards Elliot, he gets his head there and scores. Barnett, sorry. And Wimbledon have the lead in the dying minutes. Uh, I want to draw here at the Valiant. Took a step backwards tonight. He protests. It was different, I've got to say. I've got decent set of, uh, of individuals together and that, that's what it was in the first instance, a group of individuals, we, we're working hard to become that team. Russell, late equaliser for Fort Vale today, what are your feelings after that one? Sick. Absolutely sick. But of course the fans will think that's my fault. Joseph has been very patient. He got his goal today. Do you think he's maybe making a slight point with his celebration? No, 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 no. He just wanted to be on the penalty. That's what it was about. Carries on with it, Overstead. Little Lovely reverse ball into Lookman in the penalty area. Oh, there the goal! And Lookman has buried number two and Charlton's number three. Goddard to take the corner for Swindon Town. Over it comes now, right footed towards the near post. Leaked into the middle, it's going to be a chance for the far post in his hand home. Lloyd Jones gets the second goal, five minutes into the second half. It's Swindon Town 2, Charlton Athletic 0. Half, and, uh, last ditch attempt by Bowie. Ball gets out and slammed into the box by Goddard. Bauer attempted to get to Kasim, who'd been allowed to run towards the edge of the Charlton penalty area. The last ditch challenge, and it allowed the ball to run into an unmarked Goddard. He slammed the ball into an empty net and that's game over. It was a poor performance today, Luke. Game, game 16, um, we probably put in, collectively, our worst performance of the season. Charlton have sacked their manager, Russell Slade, after just 16 matches in charge. He was appointed on a three-year deal in June 
But with the Addicts currently 15th in League One, the club says it's reluctantly made the decision to part company with him. Where on earth do the addicts go now? Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. This is the big match preview and it's another show where we've got big news to talk about. Russell Slade, the manager, was sacked in the wake of the 3-0 defeat to Swindon. It's once again, it's been an incredible few days at Charlton Athletic as Roland Duchatelet disposed of his seventh manager in less than three years before breaking his silence to tell TalkSport exactly what he thinks of the protest aimed at his ownership of the club. And Roland Duchatelet has texted this... These protests have nothing to do with reason. Therefore, whatever we do or say, the core actors within that group will always criticise. Yes, over the last few days we've seen two separate protesting groups head over to Belgium to spread the word of their displeasure in Roland's homeland. One group even managed to confront Roland face to face. We'll hear from members of both protest groups on tonight's Charlton Live. Phoned uh, the Century Den Stadium and told them that we were basically on our way to them, so to be prepared, and they were. And once it was, uh, was um, confirmed that it was Roman, uh, yeah, we got everyone, uh, well, as many as we could, back to the stadium um, as quickly as possible. Whereas back in the UK, the addicts are left managerless as Ronan looks to hire the eighth head coach of his short reign at the Valley. Joining me, Louis Mendes, to discuss another fascinating week here in SC7. Ah, oh, Tom Willen, how are you doing, Tom? All right, I guess. Yeah, you're looking well. <laughs> uh, joining us is uh, Nathan Miller, as always. How are you doing, Nath? You're living the dream, mate. Living the yep. dream. And uh, coming to share in the dream. Uh, uh, unusual on the big match preview, but he's here this week. Lewis Cat, how are you doing, Lewis? Yeah, surviving, Lewis. Surviving. We're all surviving uh, in our own little way. So good evening to you and welcome to Charlton Live here, Maritime Radio. Um, it's as as we've said, it's been another crazy uh, few days here. Russell Slade has been sacked as the Addicts manager. Uh, so we're going to discuss that. We're going to try and work out what's next. We're going to try and work out who's coming in, uh, who's already coming. Snuck his way in, isn't he, Chris O'Loughlin? Uh, we're going to hear, of course, as you heard, they're going to hear, of course, from uh, some of the guys who went out to protest in Belgium. We're going to talk about Roland's text to uh, Jim White on Talksport. And, and it occurred to me that at some point we probably should preview the game with whoever it is on Saturday. I had to look it up, Port Vale. Oh, yeah. Port Vale, we're playing. Uh, because that is um, that is what we're doing this weekend as well. And this is the big match preview, so at some point we're going to pretend to look up that game. We haven't even bothered to do a Charlton Connection this week because there's not going to be time because uh, it's been another crazy few days here at the Valley, Tom. Uh, w- w- were you shocked? <coughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it's, it's behaviour we've seen before, but uh, I didn't expect it. Um, performances maybe haven't been what what we've wanted. Uh, Saturday especially was not a good game, but the amount of work that Slade's put in behind the scenes, trying to transform the club, managing up and down, uh, the players he's brought in, and the results on the whole over the last six to eight weeks have been better. Um, I can't. They've said that the reason is that they want the best chance of promotion, but I can't see it getting better now than it would have been under him. Um, and instead of feeling at least that we were going to be secure in this division, I'm more worried now about going back down yet again. So, <laughs> yeah, just bizarre, bizarre decision from somebody who, given what's happened this week, it has the feeling of somebody who's just been annoyed at, at actions of others and 
taken this decision off the back of that. Do, do you really think it, it was that? I mean, Nathan, do, do you think the fact that the fans were out there ruining Roland's birthday, confronting him face-to-face, do you think that would have had an effect on, on this decision? So. Or do you think it's been planned before that? Uh, I think it's a bit of both. I think, um, obviously, I think there's in the, just a run of results and that, but I think... Uh, I think it must have a must have played a little bit of an impact. Cause it just seemed too coincidental that he's thrown his toys out of pram because he was ruined eating his I mean, roast dinner or whatever he was having. <laughs> and then like um, yeah, so it, I think it's a bit of both. I mean, I was shocked, um, but just playing devil's advocate, I mean, it, I mean, if they if they didn't do it now and they waited until the end of the transfer window in January and we were still there and then they've got to try and get someone else in like we did with Riga and he's got to try and work with a bunch of players that he never brought in, maybe that's their thinking. We're never going to know because they're crazy. But I don't, it's not a, it's not something I would have done because I, I know, yeah, I could the tactics were a bit frustrating sometimes, but I don't see who we're going to get in now with the squad that we've got with the cards that they've been dealt. Who's going to come in and do a much better job? But hopefully, I'm proved wrong. But I can't see it personally. Lewis, did you think it was the right decision? Um, I mean, to be honest, I, the way I look at it is that you know Rome wasn't built in a day, and the club's in such a state. I think Russell Slade needed time, and 16 games is nowhere near enough time. The performances on the pitch were a little bit ropey. I mean, we've we've said in here some we didn't agree with some of his tactical decisions and the substitutions he was making. Um, we've, we've drawn too many games, but he's a manager of experience in the division. I had a lot more confidence in him turning it around than I do with anyone that's on the list of managers that we may be getting next yeah I mean that was that was the point that stood out for me is the fact that it is it's been one transfer window in which he came in late in which players only came in late he struggled to to get what he wanted um that you're coming into a club that was in such a mess uh, and still is in such a mess, if we're being honest. That it needed a total rebuild from start to finish. And, and it, whereas, as we can see, the football on the pitch has at times not been exciting. Um, at time, well, most of the time, not been exciting. It hasn't got the results we wanted. It's been pretty, bore, you know, boring. There's been a lot of draws, few defeats. We've been, we have been quite hard to beat. There has been a lot of draws. Um, the fact that for me the squad like I say the, I don't think the squad's there yet I think we have to, we had to give him time I mean the, one of the main problems we have at this club is there's no consistency now how, mm. how can anyone expect to come in and turn anything around in the space <coughs> of three months that's the thing that I don't understand it leads me quite on to or well on to my next point which was that we've not I don't think under Roland except maybe Guy had a manager that's come in and had a transfer window and bought all the players in that they wanted to do and then had time to mould them. I think Guy, when he came, had a squad that he was then happy with but didn't have time with them and maybe they weren't good enough. But every other manager, even Russell, we heard in those clips at the start, didn't feel his squad was ready with the signings he brought in. He needed more. If he'd have been given till January, he might have had chance to get those more. But Roland's so quick on his trigger finger that none of our managers have had that. And you look back at the last manager that we as a club gave time, that was Powell, and, and look what happened then when he had a bit of time and we didn't go for some knee-jerk reaction because that first back end of the first season he had in wasn't brilliant and look how he managed to transform and every summer after that he didn't never had the budget to then come in and improve because the, those owners wanted out. So it's a bit like Riga, Did Riga actually have a transfer window? I know he brought George in, didn't he, on loan, but I don't, did Riga have a full transfer window? Um, He's been here twice, I don't think yeah, he, he came, did. Well, he came in during January. He came January. just before just just before yeah. he came in during January yeah so he's not had a full one yeah, no. so so that's what I mean so it's a valid yeah. point like, I think Luzon's <coughs> the only one who had yeah. a full he had one summer didn't he mm. to bring players in but the and thing is it. it's like with, 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 when you're a manager you go and bring your players in you've got a certain system of plan. now we're going to get another manager in who can play completely opposite to Russell Slade who's now got a load of players used to playing in a system right mm. Mm. 
and he can't do nothing until January with a squad that's as thin as I can't find a joke but you know what I'm saying <laughs> and that, that's the thing and it's, Kate just Moss. Be a yeah. it's Kate Moss over there you go one, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like we say as well about this top six budget that he supposedly had what about all these players that we've got out online that are on ridiculous wages and players yeah. like George mm. Teixeira who we can't use or we're not using for whatever reason Yeah. but you've got people like you know we've got Naby Sarr and we've got Cabello like Tony Watt Peter yeah. Kelly Tony Watt Kate all, Moss. Out, all out on loan <laughs> Yeah, 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 and that's and that's right. I think that's what Terry was saying on Sunday. Really, like it cuts into the budget. Mm, mm. Um, Now, the the thing I was a question I wanted to (coughs) ask you guys is: Did Russell get what was coming to him because he should have known better? Like, like he he probably should have known what what he could expect when he was going to come to this club. I think it was brave of him to take it on. Uh, As I say, obviously we haven't been there day in day out, but from everything we've heard. What he's done behind the scenes has been fantastic. He's made big changes. I mean, we've seen things like all the players coming in in suits and, and little changes like that to just bring up the professionalism of the club. And we needed someone like that to do that, really. And we still do need someone like that. But we know that's not what Roland wants. He wants someone who's just going to come in and be a yes man. And we're back at square one again. And it seems like Roland's more concerned about what he wants personally and getting that side of it than what that result that has on the club. Who are you going to get there? That's what I don't understand. Mm. Like, what, who's yeah. going to take that poison chalice? Yeah. Even though, as, as much as I love the club, right? If I was a manager and I'm looking at this club, I'm thinking, mm. sod that for a laugh. Because you, know, you, know, you know you're only going to get three months. It might be a little bit of a quick payday, but apart from that, I mean, who, well, who, who, who in their right mind would take it? Who we had the <coughs> example yesterday, didn't we? Of Evans. No, we come out and he didn't yeah. say our mm. name specifically, but no. I don't think he was talking about. It's, pre- it's, pretty, it's, pretty, <laughs> obvi- it's pretty obvious <laughs> by yeah, a statement. We'll exactly. come yeah. on to those quotes from Evans in a, in a minute. I mean, um, because of the way that the club have done their sort of business, I mean, surely Russell knew what he was letting himself in for. But when you look around at other clubs, clubs like Blackpool keep getting managers, you know, Leeds keep getting managers, and respectable managers go to Leeds. I mean, therefore, do you genuinely think that managers they're either so confident in their own ability that they, that, you know, they think of saying, you know, I'm going to be the man who changes that club around. All those other managers who's failed, you know, at Leeds, you know. Gary Monk's thinking, no, I'm, I'm the man. Do you think that's that's that what Russell Slade thought? I mean, he was the first, he was the first one to try and rebuild from the ridiculous situation that we've had. I, I'm certain that there's bound to be another one who's going to go. Wow, well, you know, think, thinking of himself, well, I'm actually a really good manager. Maybe Russell Slade isn't. Maybe I'm going to be the one who's going to get in there and tell him how it's going to work and that. Mm. Well, you think with Slade as well. He he came from Cardiff, where again you've got Vincent Tan, mm. who's not exactly the most popular of owners, and he'd been moved into position of whatever he was going to be director of football or head of football, which to be moved upstairs you can tell us what he didn't want to do so when an opportunity like Charlton comes along with a club whose ambition is to get back into the championship I suppose he saw that as something he'd want to do and obviously he did a good job at Orient before in the division just missed out on promotion so you can see why it's, why it's attractive but like Nathan was saying who, who on earth is going to come in now and, and think oh I quite fancy the Charlton job mm-hmm. actually well Bob Liskam's just tweeted me telling me apparently Carol Fry's 25 to 1 uh, and uh, I will ignore that <laughs> I think it's partly self-confidence I think it's partly money um, but also I think like who's going to judge who's going to judge Slade by the fact he's been sacked by Charlton no because one, yeah. if he then goes for another interview and they say what happened at your last club and he says Charlton they know everyone knows the state of this club so that's it's not going to be a taint on his record really mm. because if people come and manage here they're going to get sacked pretty quickly and that's often not really a slight on their managerial ability but more on the way the club's being run he also, yeah. do, he also says that you don't know what fairy tale they've been given by Blooming Catrian and co you know they could say oh you're mm. going to get three years here this is the time for mm. us to be rebuild which it could sound like a quite a nice proposition for Russell if you said he was getting three years 
But that's what I mean. We don't know. You know, they go, oh, yeah, it's going to be fantastic here. And they might think, well, maybe they've changed their tune. And then hmm. 16 games later, boom, there you go, here's your P45. So, yeah, now, I don't know. I tweeted out on Monday evening uh, one of those little Twitter polls just to try and gauge the reaction of the fans. And uh, I don't know, it's Richard Corley tweeted one pretty <coughs> much the next day, and he got a very similar result. So I'm, I'm thinking these are probably reasonably accurate for a poll amongst Charlton fans. Um, so I asked if it was the right decision to sack Slade. 75% said yes. I mean, it's 25%. That's a, that's a quarter of Charlton fans say, say no. Um, and obviously, they're basing that on what they've seen on the pitch so far this season. Probably basing it on the fact he, he, could, he could have been quite chippy sometimes with the, with the interviews and that. Um, I mean, for, for me, I mean, th- these people clearly have their opinion and, and they're more than welcome to it. And can you, can you see it from their point of view as well? <coughs> yeah, I mean, I can, I, of course. I mean, I, I, like I said earlier, I mean, the tactics and that weren't great. But all I would say with that question I think it, it, there's, t- there's two questions is if he is going to be sacked who would you bring in Yeah. Mm. if you can't answer that second question then I think your first one you've got to have to bite a bullet but that's my opinion but um, look, I wasn't a, a Slade lover not, not in the band but you know but <laughs> you know I, I didn't mind him but if you look at the next best alternative I, I can't see where it is unless we get Chris Powell and the owners go which at the moment is not going to happen <laughs> So, yeah. I mean, now we're back at square one now, and it's got the whole rebuilding thing is going to have mm. to happen all over again. And we've got and, and until that, January now, we've got to hold it out. And so. that's the thing that winds me up, like um, the, the fact that in any form of building block, like, like we said with Chris Powell earlier, it takes its time. I mean, it has to take its time, especially <laughs> when you're coming. I mean, if you're if you're rocking up at Man United, I don't forget, don't forget when David Moyes rocks up at Man United, and they mm. they've won the title the year before, but even then. You know, it takes your time to get your mark on a club mm. to, to make the club play you want and, and, it, and it was difficult for him and David Moyes is a decent manager it just didn't work out for him there if you look at when Slade came in here he wasn't dealing with a team that just won the league he was dealing with a team that just got relegated scored 40 goals all season that were mm. absolutely terrible uh, and he didn't have time to build, to build it um, London Inlet Geezer was um, very much anti-Slade we've been reading his, uh, his tweets out throughout the season he said that Slade was rubbish before he came and proved it nothing positive came out of his tenure and the football he played was appalling um, so, so like I say there are clearly mm. two, two points of view now obviously the big question now is where on earth do we go next? That's it isn't it it's the, the classic case of be careful what you wish for like, like Nathan's touched on there who, who would you have in in a realistic option who's going to come in and take that job? Mm. And yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say everything that Slade did was wasn't positive. You know, like, like Tom said about the changes to the way you know players staying after after training and, and eating together. That was things that weren't happening before, and yeah. and people would just go to training and just leave and bring in a bit more of a, a a good feel around the club for the playing staff anyway. And even people who left, like Jordan Cousins, said Slade is going to be the you know that's going to yeah. be Charlton's rebuilding block. And that's what I thought. I wasn't very happy with the way it was going on the pitch, and his tactics confused me sometimes. But like you say, it takes time, and 16 yeah. games is nowhere near enough. And, and I guess also one of the things that most people are, are pointing out is, is when, when you try and listen to things that come out of the regime. And, and this is in a way where I actually feel quite sorry for Katrine, because when, when you hear her saying things like the, the programme the day before Bob Peters got sacked, sort of saying <laughs> that we were behind and mm. sacked the next day. Um, two weeks ago on Jim White's talk sport show, the excellent Jim White t- talk sport show, uh, saying, you know, Russell's our man for the season. And this tweet here from, from Kevin Bibby uh, backs up. says, I was at the fans meeting uh, with the Maidstone and the Wield supporters uh, group with Katrine just six weeks ago. And she said that Russell has support for the whole season. So yeah. clearly there's some sort of breakdown in communication between Katrine and whoever appears to be making this decision, which I'm fairly confident is Roland Duchatelet. That yeah. quote went out on the Charlton Twitter feed. Uh, it was six weeks ago. I think it was right at the start of October. Yeah. Well, there, was, there was another one more recent with uh, the yeah. Bromley group where I think she said similar. So, so there she is defending her manager. And, and like you say, I, 
find it very difficult to feel this way, but I do feel a bit sorry for her because she's been thrown under the bus yet again. And, and that's why, obviously, we have no proof that this is why he's done it, but we have it on good authority that he was upset with the fans going to Belgium in the first place. And if she wasn't briefed or wasn't acting in a way that suggested she knew he was going, it sounds very much like it was one man's knee-jerk reaction to something, be it that or be it something else, be it the terrible performance at the weekend, and he's gone, do you know what, that's it. And if you're running a football club, you can't work on those knee-jerk reactions. You've got to work on a longer-term strategy. Yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I, mean, I don't understand. Why no, would you make yourself look like such a plum like all the time? Yeah. Yeah, I don't understand. Why would you stay there? I'd be like, look at that. Well, it was it was rumored about that PR person who jogged on because things or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's just she's looking like an absolute yeah, yeah. plum every month. Yeah, and she's, she fact that, there, Yeah, the fact that she's she's prepared to be undermined all all the time by Roland. If Roland's happy to say no, you know, Katrine knows more about the situation than me. I'm in I'm in Belgium. I'm in Paris. I have better things to do. Then then why is he undermining her judgment? Yeah. Why why is she putting up with it for one? You have to, you do feel sorry for her in a way because she does she gets all the flack here. The the fact they've gone to Belgium now, Meriden's thinking, Oh actually, this this is serious and then I honestly I think it's an idiot reaction and that's why Slade's gone. I think when we're talking about all this as well, it makes you realise that uh, as we've all said, the people who wanted Slade gone are completely entitled to their opinions. But if you're judging <laughs> the decision for him to go purely on what's on the pitch, then really look how much we're talking about what's on the pitch and what's happening off the pitch. What he did on a Saturday afternoon between three and five was such a small part of this club, and really no manager is going to be able to perform that well in that part. And our problems are so much more than that. We might get someone in who does well for those those two hours every Saturday, but the club is in so much trouble beyond that. Yeah, and it would seem like say, I mean, talk about a knee jerk reaction. Now, I personally, I I don't think the protest out there would have had anything to do with it. A lot mm. of people do think that, but I do I do think perhaps a Swindon game. Because because that's the other weird thing. I mean, don't forget, we've seen Chris O'Loughlin knocking around here. He was yeah. he was spotted at the yeah. Chesterfield game. I think he's been here for three games altogether. I've read somewhere. Um, that's to me suggests that he's been thinking about it for a while. But th- before the Swindon game, we're on what a five game unbeaten yeah. run. Yeah, yeah that's what I don't get. Even, that's what makes it even more confusing. <laughs> yeah. And in fact, yeah. did, did he even watch the Swindon game? He was eating lunch. Yeah, he had it on the phone. Look how many games Carroll got when we were getting hammered week in week out. Was it five nil and six nil in the space of a couple of weeks? Yeah, the six nil wasn't Carroll's work, unfortunately. Oh, okay. Yeah, but it took it took so many games for them to say actually Carroll's not the one. And yet Slade's had five weeks of okay results, <coughs> and then this one bad one. Yeah. So it's just... Yeah, Carol Fry got 14 league games. Yeah. Uh, well, 14 games, that so probably includes a cup game. Uh, Slade got uh, 15, was it, league games? Yeah. Or 15 or 16, so not, not much more. I don't like, think it's give, another third, isn't it? I can give Carol Fry, I mean. Fry the same amount of games as Russell's <laughs> What is wrong with this club? Uh, Anthony Rice says, <coughs> don't feel sorry for Katrine. She's as clueless as a CEO, just as Slade was as a manager. No manager can succeed under this lot. Dave Mack says, absolutely no manager with any credibility would agree to work with this regime. And I include Slade in that more for him uh, uh, if KM is the victim and as you say thrown under the bus isn't everyone uh, interest why uh, sorry isn't is in everyone interest why she doesn't leave everyone is a winner uh, Brian says maybe Roland didn't want uh, watch the Swindon game till Monday obviously not on Saturday and then decided to sack Slade which is possible. Yeah. Uh, Rick saying, I don't understand your Twitter figures. Richard's poll said the opposite. I'm fairly confident when I read it, it was, <coughs> I, thought, I thought it had similar swing to me, but I'll check that anyway. But look, now we're talking about who's next. So as we say, the first thing we know is uh, Chris O'Loughlin has come in. 
uh, as the as as a coach uh, as, a, as a Tim Sherwood. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean that, that was the analogy you picked today, Tim Sherwood. Like he said on the he said on the, he said on, the uh, on the report today that he's not the manager. He's not going to be the manager. What did you make of that? Yeah, well, neither Sherwood. And then the other night he was down in the dugout directing his team. So uh, it's, it, they're protesting too much, in my opinion. I think you know we've said he's been around here a little while, but. Why would you employ him as a backroom, a member of your backroom staff, if you haven't even picked a manager to then want him? Yeah. You know, you're not going to get someone in, and then you're going to go. Oh, by the way, this is who you've got under you already. They should be able to bring their own people in. So, for me, it's like I say, like Tim Sherwood, it's just a matter of time until they probably are manager. Maybe technically he's not been brought in in that in that role now, but he's going to have a big say in things. By in, in my opinion, but um, yeah, like we've all said, who else is it going to be? <coughs> hmm. Uh, I mean, uh, coming away from Chris O'Loughlin, there are there are people who've been rumoured. Um, I mean, uh, Steve Evans was rumoured, uh, and he's ended up at uh, Macclesfield at Mansfield Town. Sorry, I mean, I, I'm personally glad he didn't come in. I'm mm. gutted. Yeah, <laughs> really. Kate was on as well, wasn't he? Yeah, uh, but there, there were some interesting quotes when he when he signed for Mansfield. He said, "I didn't want to go in somewhere that was firefighting in the leagues above and fighting against supporters and trusts and different people. I wanted to join a football club <laughs> like I joined previously, where everyone was putting it together. And it's fair to say that the chairman sold himself and the football club in a very admirable fashion. And it didn't take it uh, didn't take me long to want to be here. I mean, so, God knows who he's talking about there. Yeah." I mean, I mean, obviously, because he, he was linked with us, you do wonder if he was asked a question about us. Um, if if he was talking about us, I mean, that's probably roughly what we expect people to to think about when they look at Charlton now. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but if that, if it is about us, and it's probably a good thing in a way because people are recognising it. You know, mm. it's it's getting out there, and when managers start seeing that, and managers are starting to turn turn us down because they see how bad the situation is, and surely that speaks volumes of how how bad this club is run. Mm. Uh, other names we've seen linked. Uh, we've we've seen uh, Nigel Adkins. He started off. Uh, Rich said he was uh, a potential. He seems to. I mean, it's it's hard to know what to base it on. Really, when you base it on odds, which aren't really the thing to look at. There, he's gone out quite a bit now. Um, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank uh, was. Uh, Richard tweeted that he's potentially involved. There was a Sky journalist today who replied that they don't. He um he he wants to have a break. Um, and then there's Gary Coldwell, who mm. seems to be the favourite now. But again, <coughs> what do you base it on? Or the, and then Carl Robertson's a name. I mean, if 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 you had to pick a name from that, would you choose one? I'd say Coldwell. I think he's won the league. He won it recently as well. He's obviously quite sets his teams up hard to beat. Um, Wigan, you know, weren't you know they weren't free scorers or anything last year. I don't think. But you know, he knows how to get the job done. He used to be a defender. So I mean, out of that list. I'd have him, but it doesn't matter. It's, it's not going to make a blind bit of difference, yeah, what no. I say. It, it's, they're going to give it to Chris anyway once, what's his name, the assistant who's in charge now. Once he goes, Chris is going to take it, saying, oh, he's worked with the players for a mm, couple of weeks. Yeah. We'll give it to him so he knows players inside like that. You can see it all day long. Yep. You can see it. It doesn't matter. Who is they, as head coach, obviously, because yeah, he's definitely not going to be a manager. Yeah. Hmm. Excellent stuff, and uh, I mean, do, do you think whoever comes in, I mean, I mean, whoever comes in, will have, have to deal with someone on their coaching staff who they haven't asked to be there? Yeah, mm. I mean, that, that's a slightly <laughs> unusual. That, that, I mean, so some proper random. Like, yeah. he's, he's part of your team. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. Uh, how do you think the fans are going to react on Saturday? Cardiff um, said that they, they they'd said a few weeks ago because of the uh, the fact it's Arms Forces <laughs> Day that they weren't going to have a protest as such. Mm. Um, I don't. I think as soon as that's over. I think things might take a turn for the worse. Yeah. I think we've got to be respectful of that, obviously, and, and rightly so. But 
you know, that's once that's done, there's no reason why not. Once the game starts, I, I can't imagine the majority of people are going to be happy. Whoever it is, is in that dugout. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's going to be lively. I think. Yeah. Okay. Just to clarify, just in case I've got me the wrong way around, both both mine and Rich's Twitter polls both said 75% of people didn't think we should sack say. Just in case. I said okay. That. Yeah. I think maybe yeah. you said that yeah. the other way around. Okay, that yeah. makes sense then. Uh, <laughs> Mark says uh, can you please stop using the phrase thrown under the bus with respect to Katrine surely uh, it's a taxi which should be uh, referring to uh, right so um, I think maybe we'll have a quick break in the second half of the show uh, we've got plenty of uh, emails and tweets to, uh, to to look through as well but we want to find we, we find out more about the uh, the two protest trips over to Belgium uh, during the week I, I caught up with uh, both John Barnes and Gene Hewlin who are both on, uh, on, on a protest trip over there so we're going to hear from those guys uh, not long after the break Johnny Jackson is it? Jackson get Jackson Shelton Live. From the home of time. time. This is Maritime Radio. Greenwich. Let's not make Charlton now into a team uh, who's going everywhere and must win and must be better than uh, the home side. Charlton Live. So welcome back to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. This is the big match preview, but it's also a Russell Slade departure special here on uh, on Charlton Live in the the week where Russell Slade has been uh, relieved of his uh, post here. Uh, at the Valley. It's also been a, a very busy week with, uh, in terms of fans' protests. We heard on, uh, on Sunday's show uh, from Alan Davis about the, the Taxi for Roland uh, stunt that, that Carve were doing, and we're going to hear from, uh, from, from those guys later on. But first of all, uh, over the weekend we saw, let's say, two separate groups of protesting fans head over to Belgium in order to take the fight to Roland's own backyard over his birthday weekend. The first group to head over was the Belgium 20. They've been over a couple of times before, but this was, uh, this time they actually managed to bump into Roland face to face. I'm sure you've all seen the video online of the chap singing happy birthday, uh, through the window. I wanted to find out what the trip was like and exactly how Mr. Du Chatelet reacted to that. So I spoke to the Belgium 20, uh, member John Barnes. You may recognize him as he used to play for it. No, it's not that one. Uh, uh, his name already, uh, uh, as, he, as he wrote the more than just a toy, uh, the protest song by the 2% last season. He was out there on the front line, and this is how he remembers his trip. Right, joined now here on Charlton Live on the phone by John Barnes. John is, uh, was, was part of the Belgian 20 uh, trip over to, uh, over to Belgium uh, over the weekend, uh, the, the one separate from Card. John, thanks for joining us here on, uh, on Charlton Live. Uh, what, what, what can you tell us about your trip? What did you get up to over there? Well, uh, I think it was a, a really very successful trip uh, in many ways. Um, as probably you know, there's a group of uh, group the Belgian Twenty, as I know, the group have been over there a couple of times before. Uh, first, I think both times have actually attended games at uh, STVB. Um, so this time, obviously, being an international break, there were no games on. Um, but we we just wanted to go over there initially uh, to send or, or deliver a message to the general population of, of St. Tredem, which is, um, of course, where Roland de Chatelet has a home. Um, and so we, we went out there. The idea was to deliver um, 5,000 leaflets to local homes, businesses, and so on and so forth which we accomplished. 
Um, we obviously we were sort of hoping that we might happen to uh, find out uh, where Roland was and, and perhaps meet him. Um, over, I, I think over a period of time with the other trips that have gone beforehand, uh, the guys have got to to know quite a few of the local people, um, some of the ST, TVV fans and the general you know, general public there. Uh, and they, they, they've got a few uh, contacts and, um, and uh, perhaps one or two insiders in, uh, who are involved with the local football team, STVV, um, which was helpful. So, so we're, always, we're always hopeful that we might, uh, we might get a tip off. Um, so was it from, from the, the contacts that, that you, you knew that Roland was going to be eating in this particular restaurant at, at that particular time? Well, we didn't we didn't know until um, until sort of midday on on Saturday. Uh, we were all out delivering delivering leaflets in various parts of St. Tweed, and um, and one of the group got a call uh, saying that um, Roland had been seen having lunch at the stadium. Um, we actually had a couple of couple of guys delivering in that general area quite close by, so they were contacted and. Asked to go and check it out, which they did. And once it was uh, was um, confirmed that it was Roland, um, yeah, we got everyone, uh, well, as many as we could, back to the stadium um, as quickly as possible. So, uh, yeah, I mean, from from there, really, what what happens, you can see on the on the video that's out there, um, assuming that most people have seen it, of course. Yeah. So, so you guys seem to go up, and you you were holding one of the big Roland and Katrine time to go banners, and you seem to be chanting. Or singing happy birthday to Roland because, of course, it was, it was his birthday weekend. Um, what, yeah, what was the... Uh, I guess no, no one went into the restaurant, did they? No. 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 Um, I mean, you know, when we, when we got back there, it was a bit, you know, rush, rush. We must, we, we, we've got to do something before he leaves. But, you know, uh, I think we were reasonably confident we, hmm. he wasn't going to leave. Yeah. And what was... So, but, yeah, there, I mean, there was some there was some discussion about how we should uh, go about uh, confronting him. Uh, there was perhaps a suggestion that we should go inside and uh, get a little bit close to him. But I think, you know, um, I think common sense prevailed and we decided that probably wasn't a good idea. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, one of the guys had that banner in the boot of his car, takes it, uh, takes it everywhere with him just in case. Um, so that was handy. So we just we just decided that we were going to, you know, sidle up alongside the window there and um, display the banner to him and sing Happy Birthday. Um, how, how, so did, how, did Roland, how did Roland react to that? Did it? What, what did the look on his face seem to seem to say? Uh, well, I think there's a little bit of disbelief. Um, <laughs> he sort of looked up once and, and then looked away, looked down at his plate of food. And then, uh, and then it was almost if the penny dropped, and he, he then sort of gave quite a horrified uh, double take, really, I suppose. Um, and uh, yeah, I think the next thing, next thing we noticed was that he was on his phone, uh, clearly trying to contact someone, perhaps I don't know, perhaps uh, some security to tell us to leave or something, whatever. I don't know. He was clearly trying to contact somebody, uh, but we didn't hang around too long. We we uh, you know, we sang Happy Birthday, and then. Let him know that we wanted him to leave, uh, you know, in, in the traditional way. We want Ronan out, and then we, uh, yeah, and then we, we 
made our way. And what did you and what did you make of Rowland's reaction after that? I think there were some quotes in one of the local papers over there saying that he was uh, he was upset that he was um, uh, sort of challenged on his personal time. What did you make of his reaction? Yeah, I, I sort of I did read something along those lines. Um, yeah, I mean, how 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 much did we invade his, his personal space? I don't know. I think he was just shocked because it was so unexpected. Um, I'm sure it upset him. He probably made him very angry. Um, I think the fact that, that when he went back to his apartment. Um, where, where we know he has an apartment, uh, he would have seen all the, the foyer and that, that box is there in downstairs, full of uh, our leaflet as well. So that probably wouldn't have pleased him too much. So you're saying you put you um, put leaflets through the the door of, or through the post box of his own apartment as well? Yeah, well, you, they, you know, on the continent they have they tend to have these uh, on the wall there. They have uh, post boxes for the flats. So you know, um, we 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 uh, we leafleted all of those and uh, left a few outside on view as well. So uh, he, would, he would have seen those for sure. He's gone for it, you know. Oh, what a goal! Oh, what a goal by Armakashi! Oh, that's almost at the halfway line. Unbelievable strike. That is outrageous. Right-footed. Well, we saw Armakashi's line. What a goal! From the home of time, time, this is Maritime Radio, Greenwich. That's very weird. Charlton Live. So welcome back to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. We heard there from uh, from not the John Barnes, but a John Barnes. Uh, he was part of the Belgium 20 group who went over to uh, to uh, Belgium, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't think of a better way to word that. Um, just, just Belgium. Yeah, that was uh, that was only part of the interview. Uh, the same with the interview with Gene Hewlin that's coming up. The, the, both the interviews are between about 15 and 20 minutes long, so uh, I couldn't play it all on tonight's show, but I will um, put them up on my Audio Boom channel. Uh, I'll tweet links to that. Uh, from the Charlton Live account later, if you want to listen to the full interview, because there's a bit more there from uh, from what, what else the guys got up to in Belgium, uh, how they differ from Card as well. They might, people might wonder, might be wondering who they are, and you can explain <coughs> who they are and uh, what their plans are, whether they're going to go over there again. Spoiler, they're, they're planning on. Uh, so, uh, so we're here from that. Now um, we're here from Gene uh, and the Card trip later on, um, but I think sort of in between while the well while, while the uh, both groups are out there. I was, when, when, when was the talk sports show? It was Monday, Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. Yeah. Well, Tuesday. So uh, there was a uh, uh, everyone who was back in the UK was uh, glued to the wireless as as you are now, uh, but listening to talk sport because uh, Jim White, the, the wonderful Jim White, who, who did very well to have Katrina in for an interview a few weeks ago, um, has done even better, and he, he's managed to wrangle Roland Du Chatelet's phone number somehow. Uh, and just as he was preparing to speak to Alan Davis from Card, who was in the back of the uh, the, the taxi for Roland uh, over in Belgium, uh, he texts Roland and asked him what he had to say about the uh, the protests that were going on. 
Uh, and Roland responded vastly. He said, I am in Paris currently. Catherine Mayer may have told you that I have other things to care for. She knows more than I do on the matters that you seek to cover. These protests have nothing to do with reason. Therefore, whatever we do or say, the core actors within that group will always criticise. Now, you guys have obviously heard those quotes before. So unlike Alan, you don't have to go straight on the radio after and try and not explode and react to it. And Alan done so, so well on TalkSport. But... Um, what was your initial reaction when you when you heard about those uh, those text messages? I mean, he's he's getting laser, isn't he, Roland? Like, you, like started off with a crazy statement. Yeah. Now it's just reduced to text messages. Next time, it's just going to come up and happy slap one of us. Um, <coughs> what did you What did you make of that? I literally dropped my pen when he. Wow! Uh, wow! Calm down, Tom. <laughs> I was. Yeah, I, it was just a, a <coughs> just complete shock that that he would be prepared to not only say that but then have that read out yeah, on ha- national media happy for it to be quoted as yeah well. I, I just literal, just complete shock I was speechless I just didn't know how to react and that's why it was so impressive when Alan went on just how he kept his calm because how on earth if you know anything about this club can you claim that there's no reason behind the protests when he's taken a club that were okay in the championship and we're now languishing in the bottom half of league one we've lost all of our good players we're losing fans we're how on earth can you can you make that claim? I mean, the first part of that of, of those texts saying that I'm in Paris currently, and Katrine may have told you that I have other things to care about or care for. Oh. She knows more than I do on the matters you seek to cover. If she knows more than you do, then why was she two weeks ago saying that we're going to stick with Russell Slade for as long for as long as possible? That sort of thing. If you're the man who clearly must be. Ha- at least having a part, if not completely making those decisions. Why are you telling journalists that oh, I don't? I don't care. I've got other things to worry about. You go and speak to you know Katrine. She's a uh, she's dealing with this sort of thing. Oh, it's just oh, it's just ridiculous. Isn't it? Yeah, it is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I was I was driving back from a meeting and Tom texted me to say, "Have you heard the Talksport interview?" And I was like, "Oh no," <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, I didn't quite throw my pen like Tom did. In the aggression dropped, dropped, yeah. dropped, dropped, dropped. Pen, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, it was, it was beyond, but I couldn't believe it. If if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If he's got better things to think about, sell us then. 
Like, <laughs> just get rid of us. Don't, we don't want you. Go away. Yeah. And then Nathan, obviously, you saw his his response to the the protest itself, saying that these protests are not are not born out of reason. He said they completely. <clears throat> He's, he's implying that the protests have no reason to exist, that the, the, the people are just doing it for themselves, uh, and therefore, then he said the core actors, I mean, he's not, impl- I think that is a slight breakdown in English saying, oh, the actors, I think he's saying the core participants yeah. in this uh, will discriticise no matter what they do. Because obviously, when Roland first came in, there were the, the protest started day one, didn't they? Everyone didn't give him a single minute to try it. Look, we gave him, Charlton fans gave him his chance. They, they didn't start off by criticising. Even when Chris Powell was sat, there was some displeasure, but people got behind them. Hmm. This has gone on for so long now that perhaps, may, maybe from now on, there won't be anything they can do better. I mean, sacking the manager that was supposedly your change of your whole change, your whole new era after 16 games might have been a sign that maybe, maybe that is something they should be criticising. Yeah, uh, I mean, he's, he's little. Uh, what's it called? His little speech. Where it's a bit more improved from the last one. Now he's sort of learning his English. It matters you speak or seek or whatever is <laughs> deluded old granddad. But <laughs> thing is, he just. He, I found it so disrespectful the way the, the way he said it. Oh, you know. I've got other things to be concentrating what selling some radios or something it doesn't really matter he's so disrespectful the way he's done it it's just again he's, it's another PR own goal which we're used to saying just mm. coming out just saying you know, and it, people accuse it he said to, uh, didn't he turn around and say it was because we didn't want a woman CEO and all that yeah that's the paper. Yeah, but I mean yeah. it's just mental and yeah. I, 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 I don't know I'm just lost for words yeah. and well, that's probably Tom quite. It up, all right. Yeah, that's probably quite a nice, a nice comment actually about the woman CEO to, to head on to our next interview in a minute with Gene Hewlin. But uh, Ari Addick just said uh, on the Charlton Live forum, one for the panel. If Du Chatelet is so trigger happy with managers, then how on earth does Catherine keep her job? Any normal business would have replaced the CEO immediately once the customers show how disgruntled and then angry they are, leading to the reduction of money being spent on tickets, merchandise, hospitality, etc. They are a cancer that must be removed from our club and that is the question that we we, we ask quite, quite periodically on this so like how can with every why everything that if Joe Reed was on the show a few weeks ago and he said it so perfectly by everything that you could be that you could be measured in terms of performance by Katrine everything has gone wrong with the football side which she has a, a, a part in because she helps to negotiate on the deals we got relegated and we're now struggling in the next league the ticket sales we've lost 40% of our, of our of our season ticket holders our gates are the lowest they've been I think since we've come back to the valley I've never I in my entire life watching Charlton I've never seen crowds this low yeah um but <laughs> if this is an ego trip for him or whatever it is for him if we really are just a toy which it seems like we are she's just doing exactly as she's told she's doing what he wants her to do <laughs> i don't think he cares if we're losing revenue i don't think he cares if we're losing attendances i don't think he cares if the football's rubbish or whether we're relegated i don't think any of that bothers him he just wants someone in charge because he has to have someone there mm. and from his point of view who who would be better who's better than someone who's just going to do as she's told who's going to you know he he's able to say our oh, catcher knows more, more than I do and like you said two weeks ago she was coming out and saying Slade's there for for the long term and stability's under him she's doing exactly what he wants her to do so from that point of view I I think why would he sack her from everybody else's point of view in terms of running a business and running a football club and being a fan of a football club as you say Lou you're spot on she, everything is is worse than it was and everything's wrong but from his point of view I don't see why he would want anybody else doing that job. Yeah. Robert Gavin said, "If we want the manager to have his own players on uh, his own players in the squad, then we should just give it straight to Tom Dryson, uh, my mate." And uh, <laughs> Callum Wadland says, "When he was on the phone texting when they were singing Happy Birthday, is probably when he sent the message to Saxley." That's what we said. Yeah. In the break. 
Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I, I still don't think so. Well, no, you never know. He's, he does appear to be. I, a, a, as, I wouldn't put it past him. Wouldn't by put Nathan, past him, would you? Yeah. A bit of a, a crazy old man. Um, yeah, right, I, didn't mean, I didn't mean to. That, no offense to any granddads out there. <laughs> <laughs> not all of you are deluded, but yeah. just this one in particular. That's Terry in particular. That was <laughs> uh, Anthony Wright says uh, the text from Ronan shows that he is bonkers and that, he, that the protests, especially those in Belgium, are getting under his skin. And let's let's talk about more protests in Belgium. The Belgian twenty, as we say, weren't the only group to head over to Belgium this week. On Sunday show, we heard from Alan Card uh, from Alan Davis of Card, who told us all about the taxi for Ronan's stunt that Card were taking to Belgium. As I say, I was lucky enough to see the taxi myself today in Westminster. Uh, look out for it in Central London. Get your photos in hashtag Taxi for Ronan if you see it, because that'd be quite a fun game, really. Uh, and last night I spoke with uh, Jean Hewlin. You may know Jean as the lady who organises the fantastic Player of the Year dinner every season. Uh, she was one of the many dedicated fans who took their pro- protest to Ronan's homeland, and she told me why. Right, delighted to be joined on the phone now here on Charlton Live by Jean Hewlin. Jean, you were part of the uh, the coalition against Roland du Chatelet's trip out to Belgium, the taxi for Roland uh, trip. Uh, first of all, thanks for joining us. Um, I guess you, you've had quite an eventful few days. <laughs> yeah, you could say that. Um, pretty exhausted at the moment, but just about catching up on what's been going on at home and the responses and uh, whatever to our trip. Hmm. Um, so, yep, just about awake now. Now, obviously, you've worked quite closely uh, with uh, things around the club before. You, you, help, you, you run the, uh, the Player of the Year dinner, and you have done for a number of years. Uh, what is it that made you want to go on this trip to protest against the owners? Well, I think it was important, first of all, that with a woman CEO and uh, some people casting aspersions on that, at the beginning of her, her coming into the club, um, I felt it was important that uh, women were represented represented rather on this trip so let's uh, so let's go through the the itinerary of the trip then so obviously you you all met at the valley on yep. uh, was that the sunday you met and um yep, sunday yep. morning yeah, and uh, about half past ten yeah, yep. yeah you had your remembrance uh, day uh, sort of ceremony outside the the west stand where we have the uh, the, the sign up on the side yep. uh, and then and then you headed over to uh, to uh, was it st trude your first stop yes so we headed off down uh, to euro tunnel and uh, before long we were through and made our way to St Trudan for that night. And did you, was it the next day that, that you headed to the, the football grounds? What was, uh, what was the reception like when you got there? Well, first of all, we went to the, the town square where we did the leafleting and met an awful lot of local um, inhabitants who, on the whole, I have to say, well, they all knew of Roland, obviously. Um, one lady told me she felt he virtually owned the town, but that he wasn't popular. He's done nothing for the average resident of San Trudan. And the general impression we got that he was not liked at all. Um, we spoke to several standard age fans who obviously gave us their opinion of him, which wasn't uh, very positive, and were told in no uncertain terms that we needed to get this man out of our club. The overall picture, too, was one word up in the highlights, which was money, um, that everyone seemed to mention that as being his prime concern and motivation for whatever he did. Mm. Um, so that gave us a good picture um, and you know, made us feel that we were doing the right thing talking to them. Yeah, and then when you, when you headed to the football ground, I understand the reception at first was a bit, perhaps less than friendly. Turned up um, in the square, and two guys got out, very friendly, etc., and approached us and sort of had a general chat. And were given one of the leaflets, which they said they would have to take back to their station just to sh- 
show their supervisor mm. and we thought that was the end of it. They then turned up just as we were packing up to leave the square and started following us, not in an, any aggressive way, but we thought kind of in an escort capacity. Um, but I think the point was that they'd obviously radioed ahead, phoned uh, the Century Dan Stadium and told them that we were basically on our way to them, so to be prepared, and they were when we got there. Um, as we drove up, I was in the taxi, um, a guy came running down the steps from sort of reception of the hotel and said, can I get an interview? And we thought, oh, a local journalist, etc. Yeah, of course. Um, we went to park and then he turned out to be an actual employee um, and really sort of told us off for being there, said he wanted us off the premises and was joined by another guy who I think was the CEO, the prime mover and shaker at the stadium and really very disrespectful I felt to us um, the guys tried to say that we were there to celebrate Roland's 70th birthday and were bringing him presents as such but they didn't want to know about that and although the presents were displayed on a at the bottom of a statue um, in that area they then took them away um, and gave them back to us at the end, they said they would take them, but I have my doubts as to whether they ended up in a local wheelie bin. <laughs> um, and that basically was the end of it. They didn't want us there in no uncertain terms. I'm guessing these uh, these, these people who, who came to challenge you outside St. Trude, and they, they will be employees of Roland, so it would appear if, if you have sort of given them some sort of headache for the day, that I guess that's one of the things that you're hoping to achieve is, is to try and mess up uh, in this case, Roland's fo the football side of his life over in Belgium. Yep, it seemed that they were very worried. They were very concerned to get us, as I say, off the premises, even saying when we were on the pavement that, you could, no, you can't stay there. Well, you know, surely this isn't private property. But, you know, it just sounds as though everything that comes out of the mouth of Roland's regime or his employees, etc., echoes um, the fear or the feeling that we have, rather, that... Uh, it's just untruths, and they just make it up as they go along mm. with nothing to actually substantiate it. The very unusual step in, in football for the sacking of a manager to be announced by members of a, a protest group. Uh, <laughs> exactly. That, that must have been quite an interesting uh, development while you are on the trip that you probably weren't expecting. No. Well, um, the other lady, Alison, and myself were a bit late to the table because we had to hurry. We, we were there later than we were expected to be and had to order our dinner within 10 minutes before they stopped taking um, orders. And we sat at the end of the table and we placed our orders and, and were chatting. And the other end, um, where the main guys were, uh, there were phone calls coming in and going out and it was suddenly announced that Russell Slade had been sacked. So, as you can imagine, there was a lot of discussion around that. Now, also on the Tuesday, whilst you guys were there, um, those of us back in England were listening to uh, listening to Talk Sport because uh, Jim White had promised he was going to talk about Charlton and we were expecting and uh, Alan Davis, who was on the trip with you, to, uh, to, to come on air. But just as Jim was preparing to go on air, Jim's obviously done his work over the last few weeks since he spoke to <laughs> Katrine because he had uh, Roland Duchatelet's phone number and he sent a text to Roland uh, asking... Uh, what he made of the protests, and he said he's got other things to care for. Uh, mm. Advised them him to speak to Katrine, and then yeah. and then said that the protests have no reason, and described protesters as he said these actors will always criticise no matter what uh, what we do. Now, uh, what was the, your reaction to that? 
Um, well, I, I know that Alan, who uh, then had the telephone interview with TalkSport, said that that statement made him very angry. Mm. And he dealt with his interview, uh, you obviously heard it extremely well. We were sitting there in the same taxi listening to him and nodding mm. and silently clapping him because I think he got to the crux of the matter. So am I still waiting for this world to stop hating? Can't find a good reason, can't find hope to believe in. Great heard drive. Can he get across into the middle? He can. This cuts us to the bottom. Yeah! Come on! We're a goal! Yeah! In the 96th minute! Charlton Live. From the home of time. time, This is Maritime Radio. Greenwich. Carol, a heavy defeat at Burnley today. How do you sum that one up? We were good. Charlton Live. There we heard Gene Hewlin, and again I'll be putting the full interview from Gene uh, online uh, later. That was just a, a brief snippet into it. She gave us uh, the, the full story of, of Carr's trip out to Belgium. I mean, I mean we, we've heard from, from both trips now. Um, and, and the Charlton fans have given up uh, their own time, their own money to go a long way and to make, take their, uh, their message to, to the front line, as you say, to Roland's homeland. Uh, it shows how much they care, I guess, at, at the very least. Yeah, I mean, like you said, hats off to them. You know, they've got jobs and families and that they've got to you know, keep here and take time out of their jobs or whatever they're doing and money, obviously, because they have to pay for it themselves. Um, obviously, it's, it's a massive a massive step from them to go and do that because I don't think I'd have been able to afford to do it or have the time to do it so like, sort of big up sort of, <laughs> sort of card or whatever but no it's, it's wicked and it's obviously done it's proved to be quite successful and it was, it was the manner that it was done as well that it was done quite professionally I thought um, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah of course def- yeah. I mean you look even even the, like the car the car looked amazing it was absolutely mm. superb and, oh yeah I mean it's not I think it's helped us a long, long, long way, and obviously I'll be forever thankful to all of them and everyone part of Card anyway, including the donators as well. So. Yeah. Uh, last night I met I met the the guy ride, driving the taxi today, Chris, and I had a quick chat with him. He said, I was asking him now what it's like back in England, and he said, oh, you know, he, he gets hailed all the time now. People are getting in, and he's and, he, and apparently he says when as soon as they get into his cab, he says to them, you know, you're in the the, the most famous taxi in London now. And then he explains the story. He's telling me had a, a sporting Gijon fan from, from Spain over the other day. Everyone who gets in wants to know the story about the taxi because obviously it's different and helping to spread the message further. Right, of course, this is a special extended version, we've decided, because it's 5-2 and we ain't even touched the emails yet. John <laughs> <laughs> uh, Live, uh, uh, Big Tone says, enjoying the show. Thanks, Tone. I'm glad you are. Lisbon says, guys, no disrespect, but this feels like having a chat about repainting rooms on our, in our house when the bulldozers are parked outside. <laughs> talking about the, uh, the managerial situation right uh, let's hop on to the emails this is one that actually came in on Sunday I hope you're still listening Rick by the way uh, because uh, but it went into our spam folders we missed it but I'm going to read it out today it says can anyone tell me what shred of evidence there is that our owner is going to build houses or flats on our ground uh, ok uh, all I've heard is poisonous crap coming from Rick Everett well Rick uh, you might want to respond to that <laughs> I, I don't think he's implied that the ground's going to be bulldozed down at any point um, blah blah blah. Uh, uh, he's, he said that he caused most of this. Has everybody forgotten about Glickstein, Hoyler, uh, Ken Fryer, Slater, and Co. Murray for getting us in this position? It's that one that ev- is that the one that everyone wants back. At least this Belgium is spending money. Although the only thing you have to remember is that the Belgian is actually loaning the money mm. uh, to the club, so we're now heavily in debt to him, uh, and he won't be going. 
uh, he says he won't be going until Uncle Fester has gone. That's Slade. He's already gone now. Uh, but I'll always renew my season tickets. I hope this gets resolved and nobody gets hurt. Let's just hope that we don't end up like that verminous little club in Deptford. And that's from uh, Ken. Uh, so uh, if, you, if anyone wants to react to that, feel free. You can email us, studio at channelnive.co.uk. You can tweet us at channelnive. I mean, the, 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 the thing that we have to remember is um, not everyone thinks the same way. I mean, even with the Slade thing, there was a 75-25% split on, on people who thought 75 thought he should have stayed, 25 thought he should have gone. You know, we, we see it on forums, we see it on Facebook, we see it on Twitter. There are people out there who aren't against Roland, and, and we do have to remember that mm. as a fan base. Uh, you don't like to drive um, divisions within the fan base because at one point this club is. It's like talking like the American bloody election, but at one point this club's going to have to come back together and be a good club, be mm. a good club again when it when, when the future comes. And, and you know, people are more than entitled to their opinion, and, and that's what you have to remember mm. as well. Yeah, of course they are. I think it's. That group's dwindling, I think that's the thing, and I think it's harder and harder to see the point of view where you can justify that. I think everything else, I, I completely understand why people maybe didn't want Roland, uh, sorry, Slade managing the team. I think there are other Don't decisions. Roland managing the team, I Well, it's only a matter of time, <laughs> isn't it? Oh, he'd have to turn up first, wouldn't he? Um, but I think in terms of what Roland's done as an owner and what we as fans want our football club to do, I think it's very hard to see that anything he has done has been beneficial I mean there's things like the training ground and like doing up the ground which yes are legitimate positive things the that an owner no that an <laughs> owner can start to do for a club but uh, when you look at how how bad everything else has got I find it difficult to appreciate that point of view but as you say everyone's entitled to their opinions yeah right Robert Jones has got his opinion says hi guys I know the big Russ has divided opinion of late but I was hoping that we'd at least been given until January to bring in the much needed depth and offload the expensive lads uh, I'm not saying he was the man to take you straight back up but he looked to me like he could have at least steadied the ship and put a backbone in place for the future I could take this opportunity to moan about Roland but we've heard it all before he just has to go before, uh, so you can dust yourselves down and rebuild and I hope that won't be too long it's interesting that I mean there's plenty to go on there but the point about getting rid of the expensive lads I mean that, that's another thing that Roland uh, sorry that Russell's had to deal with mm. the mistakes made by whoever before probably Katrain in terms of we're looking at Teixeira's on a lot of money and we, we couldn't get a shot of him in the summer and look at the players who are rubbish and therefore we've had to loan them out because we couldn't get rid of him whatever wages are on I mean that that's another problem that he had to deal with yeah massively I mean it's like we say about the, the top six budget it's been eaten into by those by those huge wages uh, and we are like like you say we couldn't offload them to anyone so we, we've we've paid uh, to get rid of them which is just ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, the president on the Charlton Life Forum says, it makes you wonder if Slade slacking was a knee-jerk reaction from the protests in Belgium. What would have happened if we'd beaten Swindon? I mean, I mean that's the question, isn't mm. it? I, like, for me, I, I personally don't think it would have been, although other people in the studio certainly do. So who, who knows? Who knows what would have happened? Uh, uh, Howard Wood uh, says, uh, new Charlton manager, I've, and I've opened the um, email, and it just says, please be patient. I think that might be a dig. That, that's a dig, that is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Cheers, Howard, uh, for your uh, email. Uh, Robert Chilvers says, seriously think the slave was sacked because Rowley was rather upset having his birthday lunch interrupted by, uh, we put card here, it was actually the Belgian 20, uh, which, by the way, was priceless. He had undoubtedly flexed his ageing muscles <laughs> with, uh, with I've got a lot more money than you attitude and show us he can do uh, what as, as he likes. I mean, do, do you guys think that might be the case? As I say, I, I've got no proof that that's why he's done it, but uh, it wouldn't have surprised me if that was the reason, because 
he's shown before. I, that's what what is so still so baffling is he just doesn't seem to care about the money he's throwing in or anything. He just seems to be going out of his way to make stuff difficult. And I don't understand what, as we keep coming back to, what the end game is here because every decision despite what they say, is a worse one than the one before, and we're dropping and dropping and dropping. Yeah. So what, what's he in it for? What is the point of being here? That is, I mean, that, if, if we wanted to turn the show into a three-hour-long special, we could try and work out why on earth he... <laughs> or if we had him and he said, I'll answer any question, that's the one question we need yeah. an answer to, and he just won't but that's, I mean, that's the, that's the one thing that, that we come back to. I remember, do you remember this, this, this time last year, maybe slightly earlier, it was the Spell It Out and Black and White campaign. We wanted to know what is, what is going on, yeah. and then they had us that stupid PowerPoint thing which you couldn't yeah. work oh. and after that we were none the wiser because they, they gave some very vague games about being a mid-table championship club with aspirations to be in the premiership that absolutely they did not explain any way in how they're going to do it No. Um, and now I mean now surely things have changed and what's the point in owning us if you just want to float around in the championship I mean they talk talks about breaking even you don't break even in the championship you lose £6 million a year mm. doesn't make any sense uh, right uh, Robert Chilvers uh, continues so Slade whilst not the greatest manager was a safe pair of hands who was laying the initial foundations of a massive rebuilding job I personally thought he was doing okay considering he probably had one hand tied behind his back and I don't for one minute believe that we would have been relegated. Spot on. The rebuilding of our great club is a massive task and will have to be done in stages. Any experienced chief executive would know when to change the personnel at the appropriate stage, i.e. AFC Wimbledon. Uh, they have, uh, I mean, they've had Neil Ardley for a few years now, and obviously AFC did go through all those spells of going up, but they eventually would move managers on from AFC Wimbledon. It was and a, continue. a brilliant interview with their owner in the trust booklet, I think, from last month. Really good, all yeah. about about how they're maintaining their status yeah. uh, and he continues they only had uh, four or five managers in their rise from the ashes with each manager given time to move them forward a fine example of how to do it but of course they have someone with a football brain at the helm whereas we have Katrine Mayer I'll rest my case there it says loves the show Robert Chilvers a Charlton supporter since 1962 thank you Robert, uh, uh, Robert for your, your email and uh, I'm glad you're enjoying the show right Zaki uh, last time I bumped into Zaki was at the station after Oxford and uh, he was, uh, I don't think he was too happy with the performance he'd just seen there. <laughs> he said, uh, Hi, being snubbed even by a convicted criminal uh, who insisted, uh, who instead chose to manage a small team that's in 18th in League Two is surely a low point in our history. That's Steve Evans he's referring to, who got done for some sort of fraud stuff when he was at Boston, if uh, you remember rightly. Uh, kept his job, though, which was nice. Uh, I'll probably be too scared to sack that guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he said, What other club appoints an assistant, or is uh, Chris O'Loughlin the first team coach? He's a coach before a manager after what happened with Carroll we can see right through it what a disgrace just sell the club that's from Zaki I mean obviously we know when, when Carroll came in as I'm doing the air quotes here interim manager <laughs> uh, I mean <laughs> uh, that was uh, it, it felt I, I, you, you do wonder if the, the, the term interim was a, a slight um how can you put this? A slight... Uh, Boo-boo? Lie? Uh, well, uh, <laughs> lawyer answer. Uh, oh. Uh, to, to a question. Uh, right. Uh, incorrect. Yeah. That's what it was. Uh, right, this one's from Alison. So I've got confused here because this one's actually from me, but it's because Alison had DM'd it to me and I forwarded <laughs> yeah. it to the email. This one's from me. This was from Alison. It says, Hi, guys. I won't be listening live tonight as I'll be at the Supporters Trust AGM, which is happening up the up the hill now. It's up the, the Bugle, Bugle Horn. Yeah, Bugle, yeah. Re- refurbished now. Is it? Yeah. yeah. We were half tempted to pop in after. Yeah, I was. Pint, so. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Jaegers. Yeah, 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 lads, lads. Can't <laughs> <up this. laughs> 
<laughs> if you uh, trust on tour, if you uh, if you could give them a mention, that would be great. At this time, we all need to stick together and work together to rescue our club. And becoming a member of the trust is a vital part of this. It's only a fiver for a year's membership as well. I also wanted to say that I believe Russell's sacking and Roland's comments on the protest were done in re- retaliation to the recent trip to Belgium. So a lot of people, mm. a lot of people saying that, a lot of people believing that. Uh, it annoys me that just because there is no financial misconduct, that's what's happening, is being easily ignored by the EFL and the FA. But I don't know how you can call what's going on not only mismanagement, but destruction of a club too. And that's from Alison. Now, Alison was, up until a few weeks ago, a member of the Target 20K mm. committee. I mean, I've always said, you know, if, if you want to be a member of the Target 20K committee, you know, fill your boots, go and do what you want to do. But if you are a Target 20K member these days, you're probably someone who's more willing to give Ronan a, a go, in my opinion, and, and try and work with him. And like I say, nothing wrong with that. But if, if the amount of fans we've seen coming away from that Target 20K group in the last few weeks suggests to me that even, even some of the most hardcore ones, or even some of the most forgiving and some of the most understanding ones who are really willing to work with this lot, are stepping away. Yeah. That's what I mean. It's like, well, if, if you're part of that now, I don't know where... <laughs> don't know what, what sort of be on the agenda if you go to any of those meetings anymore because I mean you just, I, if I was there I'd just be looking at them like just hearing bruh, 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 bruh. I wouldn't it wouldn't make <laughs> any sense like I don't I'm just looking at them going I don't know what you're saying but I know you're not going to do it and yeah. whatever you say we're never going to get to 20k you could do whatever you, you could give the scene tickets away for free but we still won't get 20,000 yeah. yeah, guarantee it yeah. right Rick was listening he says he thinks T- uh, Tony Keohan was the one who confirmed at the video uh, fans forum he'd been to Orient to look how they build flats in the corners either way he did and that is true um, that was in, in reaction to the email we had from Ken earlier because um, like I say I mean there's a difference between having flats built in the corners and the entire ground being balls down I think uh, I think that's what he implied that you were saying Rick and uh uh, so I was, I was putting right on that one. Lewis says, I keep hearing, not you, okay, yeah. Lewis Wheeler says, I keep hearing people talking about stages and processes, but wasn't everyone wanting instant promotion at the start? And, and I'll be honest, I remember start, saying at the start of the season, with my fans head on, I would see anything less than promotion this season as a failure. And with what we should have done at the start of the season when we should have built a squad properly and we should have had the right players in, then it would have been. The fact is that Russell was trying to work with these idiots uh, and, and obviously it didn't work out and therefore when you have to try and put any more sensible head just saying well he is trying to do the right things in terms of building the players he wants to understand you know, heard, I think Richard Corley even tweeted it the other day that Russell was knocking back international signings he was trying to mould his own team mould his own squad and that, that would take time we, want, I mean, we all wanted it to happen immediately but it wasn't going to happen immediately we were probably being a little bit too you know, pie in the sky there yeah. and, and that's probably why for people saying that we can't go around sacking a manager every three months yeah, I mean, I was I was one of those, you know, the optim- the optimistic when we had the Jose and Novak and stuff, and I'm probably in the minority, but I still only think we're maybe two or three decent players and a couple of squad players away from being that. So I just think our midfield is so pony at the moment. I think that's what's stopping us. I mean, we don't score enough goals, but I just, I don't think that's due to the the lack of potential ability we have up front. I just think it's the amount of times we create goals. It's only Lookman and Holmes. Look at Saturday was a prime example. Without them two. We, yeah. I don't, we couldn't score in a brothel <laughs> but do you know what I mean I, and, and that's, I, was, I was that optimistic person at the beginning of the season mm. but I, I just don't know and if we just always fall back into this trap don't we but mm. yeah. uh, Mike Tyson says so Slade's awful negative tactics were not Big Russ's uh, faults yeah right Chapman Life suddenly he's a kind of hero four wins in 16 in a pub league look Mike I'm not saying I'm not saying that he was like we were 
running away playing extra football but I'm saying I don't think anyone's going to come in and turn around especially with this squad I mean we're looking at the squad now as as, as we've just said you know we've had I mean Ricky Holmes is now out for two months with Mm. his broken broken metatarsal which is a toe in English Uh, you know it looks like uh, McGuinness McGuinness is going to be missing this Saturday you know straight away we're down to the bare bones once again Mm. that's two injuries that's two injuries and we're down to the bare bones once again be interesting to see if Bataka actually gets a game wouldn't it yeah Um, well now that Russell's not here he'd probably probably start (laughs) up front every game he'd go on to score 50 goals that that was one of the (laughs) questions I mean, obviously, we don't see Vitaka in training, which would be fair to Russ, but I mean, I would have loved to have seen him play a bit more. Uh, right, Mark Wilson says, Who is in charge of the team at Charlton? Uh, when I was a kid, that was always an easy answer to uh, easy question to answer. Only twice since the 1960s has there been any kind of doubt whatsoever. Once in 79-80 when Andy Nelson and Mike Bailey had the roles of general manager and chief coach, and once in the early 90s when Curbs and Gritty shared the roles. But since Roland took over, it's been impossible to be sure who is actually in charge of the football. And for a football club, that's pretty important. Chris Powell, Jose Riga, Bob Peters, Guy Luzon, Carol Fry, Russell Slade, and now Kevin Nugent can all claim to have had some first team influence but so, but so have less well known names like Damian Matthew Alex Dyer Ben Roberts Patrick Van Hoyt David Martin Wim Decourt oh I miss Wim uh-huh. uh, Jason Wim. Will Jose Hansons do you remember him yeah. Jose oh, yeah. Yeah. Hans, that was a special oh, yeah. one he was here like, for three hours or something yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Simon Clark and now Chris O'Loughlin and uh, that list can be added the malignant rumours uh, <laughs> the malignant influence sorry of uh, Thomas Dryson and even the infamous uh, Nabosha Vignovic or Nobby Vignogre and Nabosha has never turned up has he shame really because I don't have yeah. to say uh, there's odds on him again though he's is back, there yeah, yeah is I think he's 25 start racking out the uh, Nabosha Vignovic's again then uh, Katrin Mayer signs players or at least sits down with agents and sending clubs and ensures their contracts are agreed usually with poor but obvious consequences for the club and Roland pulls strings from afar loading the club with debt and forcing the wrong people into the wrong roles at what is increasingly obvious the wrong club but the point is this the fans want to know who if anyone is in charge of the team but even more importantly the players need to know this week Russell Slade was in charge Kevin Nugent is in charge and obviously Chris O'Loughlin will be in charge uh, that, that can only lead to one obvious terminal outcome yet another manager being wheeled in next summer to launch Cholton League 2 campaign I've always been proud to be a Charlton fan we always done some things exceptionally well right now the only thing Charlton related which makes me proud is Card the people who will eventually win the war and rid the club of this uh, malevolent stop using difficult words splenetic (laughs) regime (laughs) what's splenetic? oh it's the um, bad bad regime (laughs) yours and desperation (laughs) Mark from Sevenoaks at least he lives in Sevenoaks not somewhere difficult to say (laughs) Uh, he obviously thinks that relegation to League 2 is a real I mean are we panicking again or is it a mirror image of last season it's a definite possibility now yeah Uh, I'm panicking yeah I didn't I wasn't concerned under Slade Uh, obviously we weren't doing brilliantly but I wasn't that worried that we would go down and, and now I am and maybe we are overreacting and someone will come in and steer us away but it's a possibility. We saw it happen last year and we kept saying, nah, no, nah, this won't happen. And then it did. So mm. feels like deja vu a little bit. It does. With it does. Um, Chris O'Loughlin coming in, you think, yeah. we're not taking the job. Interim, we'll lose loads of games. Mm. They'll get Jose come back for <laughs> round three. Get that grey suit on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then, we'll all, then we'll all be splenetic then, won't we? Yeah, yeah splenetic. It means angry, but sort of ill-tempered. Yeah, I'm going to be splenetic with you if you show me up again. <laughs> <laughs> 
right, Martin Williamson says, if Charlton were going to seriously look for a new manager, do you any of you think for a second they would do at the same time appoint Chris O'Loughlin to the coaching staff? Do most managers bring two or three trusted associates with them and so would not want to be forced to work with someone so close to Duchatelet who was sweet FA experience and was in effect handed to them with an order they have to work with them? So neither Katrine uh, or, so either Katrine already knows who will take over and they've been told that we'll work with Chris O'Loughlin or she is crazy I have to take a word out there <laughs> <laughs> uh, they are going to wait a few weeks and just appoint O'Loughlin on a temporary basis it would be interim but Mayor's already used this one see I heard a story around this time last year that Katrine couldn't decide between interim and this might not be true interim <laughs> and caretaker and wanted to call Carol our interim caretaker <laughs> but was talked out of it and, and had to in the end oh, I wish she was I hope she gets her way this time interim <laughs> caretaker yeah right Big Tone says uh, Charlton weren't playing great I agree however 16 games simply isn't enough time it's just so disheartening and I agree with you there Big Tony. Dave Lockwood, our very own uh, former stadium announcement, says, well, what a mad week, but then again, it was probably nothing we didn't expect, was it? Stupid to slack Slade. He wasn't really given a chance, in my opinion, or given the backing he was probably promised. Top six budget, remember? Remember that? Top six budget? Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris O'Loughlin won't be manager, just expect him to be named as the head coach, as that is the model Roland likes the best. See, that was the only thing when you see the wording, yeah. he will not be named as manager. It's like, well, there's plenty of different yeah, job titles you could thing. give him. Interim caretaker. Yeah. <laughs> for, me, uh, for me, it looks like Roland has thrown his toys out again and imposed his will on his stooges in London. The only thing that the owner and his lieutenants, I can say that one, uh, can do now is go. Roland has yet again undermined Katrine. All her positive spin on Talksport has completely been blown out of the water. Any other CEO would have walked as the employer has made the job untenable and gone after the employer in a tribunal like Carol Fry did in Belgium. He won, by the way. That's what, well, I don't know what, if, uh, if Dave can confirm that. Uh, anyway, good show tonight. Remember, we will win this battle. Uh, they won't beat us. I mean, that is the question. I mean, we've raised it already. I mean, we talked about Mel Baroni. Mel Baroni was here for 45 days. There was a, uh, another lady who was something to do with the commercial side as well that left after that crazy statement. Yeah. They, they felt that their work was being undermined. Why is she still there? Why is she still here? If my, actually, I'm being... If, if, I, if I was being undermined at work like I was being here by Nathan with his... Clever words. words. I, it's only Google. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know you, you, you'd leave. Surely you'd leave if you thought you could get another job elsewhere, and that's why she hasn't left. In my yeah. opinion. In my opinion. <laughs> well, I think she. I think we all agree that she's perhaps underqualified to be doing the job she's doing. So, she's found herself in a job that, however bad it seems from the top, is actually maybe good for her. I don't know. Maybe she enjoys it. Maybe she enjoys the fight. I'm not sure. But uh, I was uh, almost surprised that she hadn't walked away after everything that happened this week because as I say I don't think any of us have ever felt sorry for her before and both you and me have, have said we almost did this week well, I, me- so. I remember when um, when Carol was getting sacked the, the story went that uh, Carol and we, we all knew everyone at Huddersfield that yeah. night knew that Nabosha Vignovich was coming in the next day uh, and luckily that fell through but I, I understand the story goes that Carol told Katrine something along the lines of if you let this happen you should quit your job yeah. And it would appear that there was some sort of battle when it didn't happen, and we got in Jose Riga instead, which it wasn't much better. But um, yeah, and no, it feels like it feels like uh, that could be the same mm. thing. Uh, right, Chris uh, has tweeted saying he's a bit confused, boys. Seventy-five percent of fans saying Slade was the right man for the job, but we're all fearful of relegation where we are now. I mean, the point I think I'm making is, I mean, yeah, 
we were, I, I don't think we would have gone down under Russ because we would have drawn our way. And I backed him to turn like, things around. Yeah. Yeah. It I felt like he was yeah. turning things. I think, I, I'm not saying we would have even finished in the top half. But you think under Slade, I, don't, I think we would have drawn enough games to, to not go down. And, and we were hard mm. to beat. We weren't winning many games. We weren't losing many games either. Yeah. Um, now, with the turmoil, with, the un, with people not knowing what's going on, I think that's why people are saying that they're now worried again. Yeah, and that's why we're matching it to last season. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Jim Dutton says uh, these do Chatelet types are disconnected <laughs> from the real world. Uh, they don't read Twitter or forums. They don't read newspapers. I, I think they do. <laughs> I, I think some do Chatelet types certainly do. Unfortunately for us, he doesn't want to sell because then that would be seen as failure. And uh, do you think that is part? Do you think he's hot headed? Do you think that's the reason he's still here? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? It's, it's ridiculous. I'm. I, I've lost for words. I don't know really. about hot-headed, but he's. I think he's stubborn, and I think no matter how badly we're doing, whilst he, he's still the owner, it can't be classed as failure in in his in his eyes. I don't know how, mm. but I think that's how he sees it. I think if he sells and we're worse off than we were, which I think when he does come to sell, ultimately we will be anyway. He then would have to admit failure. But at the moment, I think he can say, "Well, you know, I'm still I'm still there. I'm still working on it." Mm. Right, final email in the inbox is from Karina Huxley, and all it says is, hello, Louis. <laughs> Hi, Karina. <laughs> Hi, Karina. I can see you, Louis. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Karina, I hope you're all right. Uh, thanks for your email. I hope you're enjoying uh, the, the show uh, this evening. I'm just checking the junk just to make sure no more have come in, because a lot of emails have been going junk, and they haven't. Right, so this is the big match preview. We've got less than, well, minus 20 minutes left, because we should have finished about night, about 8 o'clock. Uh, let, let's very briefly look ahead to the game with Port Vale. Uh, we played Port Vale, obviously, up at Vale Park last month. We absolutely wiped the floor with them in the first half, but Samuel only scored once. Last half hour, they came back into it. Uh, they equalised later on with a penalty. Russell Slade was sick. He uh, had a go at the fans. That, that was <laughs> that Slade out. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, this week, we're going into a game where we know that we're going to be out uh, there's going to be no Ricky Holmes he's injured now for up to up to eight weeks there's going to be no probably Josh McGuinness uh, the game is going to be held the game in charge is going to be uh, Kevin Nugent uh, very briefly looking forward to this game what do you guys expect what can, what, what can you expect no, we're going into the unknown a bit here really aren't we yeah. uh, I think it's going to be quite flat I think it's going to be the atmosphere is going to be pretty flat. Um, not in terms of if anything's going on. I just think not a lot of people are going to be looking forward to it. It's going to be a case of, you know, I'm not expecting a performance before ball's been kicked because of the players we've got out, and we're going to be relying on an 18 year old kid again or whatever. Oh dear. Oh no, sorry, Karen. <laughs> I think we're just going to be relying on Adam Mola to try and get us mm. out of that. And I, I think it's going to be a drab game. I think nil nil, one nil, or something like that. I can't see many goals in it anyway yeah. Tasha Everett says apologies for my mum's email from Karina she's a bit of a technophobe <laughs> so I'm hoping, I'm hoping there was more, I was hoping there was more <laughs> from that uh, Dave Lockwood said that yes Louis uh, he told me himself referring to Carol Fry and uh, some sort of uh, tribunal um, right let's, let's uh, I, think, I think we should wrap the show up we've gone way over time here on Charlton Live the big, this is a big match preview people, people try and squeeze this one into on, the, on their travel to the valley so they're going to have to go do a few laps around SC7 so you can park up if you're listening in the car on, on your way on Saturday uh, right it's prediction time uh, Tom what, what do you fancy lose 2-0 lose 2-0 uh, Nathan 0-0 zero, 0-0 zero. Zero, zero. Lewis you, you don't get to make predictions very often oh, I'm going to say a 1-0 defeat 1-0 well, defeat no more yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, I think the, uh, the Kevin Nugent uh, situation is going to kick off with a, a, a wonderful win uh, we're gonna we're gonna win by four goals to nil, and <laughs> it tur- it's gonna Christ. turn out that that was the turning point, and we are gonna be in the Premier League within five years' time. I don't know what you're drinking. Get all four. 
Bataka Bataka is going to get all four between before taking off his shirt and just has a slogan saying uh, this, this is how patient I was Russell just a picture of Russell on his, <laughs> <laughs> his head <laughs> Russell's bald head on his chest <laughs> Uh, just very quickly before we go Joe Partyfoot says hi lads Russell was predictable and easy to play against we, sh- we could blow teams out of the water or be blown out of the water at any time but the main theme was mediocrity and no link play you have to bring the ball forward with imagination and structure uh, uh, defence from the front however to blame one person is to miss the point we have had worse at the end of the day there is no route to redemption other than a sale he has his crew who he can bring in and out at whim and they will be paid well enough with our debt to prevent them wanting to walk regardless of whether they get bored of listening to or, or ignoring, for want of a better word, the protesters. And I think, uh, all right, Karina's finally sent her email now. There we go. Right. <laughs> <laughs> worth it. <laughs> Sorry about that. I've been against the owner and his stooge mayor from the beginning. Getting rid of Chris Powell and sending Yang Kermigan was the beginning of the end of me. Uh, for me, nothing will change until we get rid of the Belgians. And Karina, thank you for that your email. That was worth it. That yeah, was, it was worth it. And I think that's probably a good a good way to end the show. Yeah, uh, it's um, it's it's been a it's been a long old show here on Channel Live this evening because it's been another phenomenal week at the Valley. Uh, we weren't, uh, I don't know if I'd say I'm shocked, but I felt shocked when it happened. But mm. you know, if you look at, if you look at what's gone before, and I dare say what's going to go on after, uh, what's going to happen after, it probably probably wasn't that much of a shock. But once again, Charlton are managerless, and once again, we're a club in absolute crisis. Tom, thank you for joining us here on Charlton Live this Cheers, evening. Cheers, Louis. Nathan, thanks. thanks for popping in. No worries. Focus on the prize. Yeah, focus on the prize, <laughs> whatever that is. And uh, <laughs> Louis, thanks for popping over on your fir- uh, giving up your first evening to come and uh, spend the time with us. No worries, Louis. I've been Louis Mendes. Thank you for all your emails and your tweets and your uh, your comments on tonight's show. This has been Charlton Live, the Russell Slade departure special. Uh, we'll be back on Sunday evening. I won't be here. Hopefully, Terry will. Hopefully, Tom will be. Uh, to talk through that 4-0 uh, win that turning point against Port Vale on, on Saturday we'll, uh, we'll see you then Charles and Charles and